Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. In this week's Grow Guides, we're talking about how to get tasty cannabis, lots of different methods to improve the flavor of your weed. So that's with proper drying, proper curing, growing it properly, of course, uh, different foods you can use to increase the flavor throughout the grow, loads of things like that. Uh, also want to mention, because it's the last Friday of the month, we have the Patreon meeting tonight where we all get in the Zoom and we just chat some shit together for a few hours. So if you are a Patreon and you would like to be in that meeting tonight, make sure that you go over to percysquareroom.com and it's in the Patreon section. You'll find the link for that. And if you're not a Patreon, then you can become a patron for a little as $4.20 a month. It's real cheap and it's a great way to support the podcast and the site. But of course, no pressure. Only do that if you can. Uh, and quickly, just to mention before we start the episode as well, we also have the prize draw on Sunday's show. So make sure you head over to YouTube, youtube.com slash high on homegrown and join us for the live show on Sunday if you want to be involved in the prize draw. It'll be great to see you over there for the live show. But anyway, let's move on to the episode and I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. Oh, damn. Uh, I smoked that pipe and with, uh, with the hash in it there. And the monkey oh, pipe. That's, a, that's a hit. Oof, you know, I don't smoke every day anymore like I used to. So it's like, pow! Just going to kick oh, me yeah, off the side of the face. head like that. Tastes delicious. Ooh, yeah. mm -mm -mm. Some good shit. Nice. Very nice. And of course, I'm sure many of our listeners already know that the, uh, the lemon tree right now is one of my favorite cannabis flavors. Because it just, really yeah, tell it us just, all about it, Mackie. Lemon tree, <laughs> about it. Uh, lemon tree. Hey, so that sounds good. like a new oh, no. one. Yes, yeah, a new one. He wouldn't have heard of this before. <laughs> Brand new. <laughs> so anyway, cannabis flavor. That's what we're going to be talking about this week. Last week we covered yield, and in I think everybody's opinion here on the panel, yield is good, and we all like a good yield, but we prefer good, tasty weed. It's fucking mm -hmm. it's majorly important, man. Getting the, the shit that you like to smoke. Mm -mm. So let's quickly just run through. I know this is a difficult question for most cannabis users to answer. But what is your favorite flavor weed? Monkey, you want to go first? And what's your oh, favorite? Oh, jeez, man. Difficult prefer, question, isn't it? It is. You know, I, I think, though, if I have to choose a flavor, or I'm going to have to go with a profile of a flavor, I'd rather choose sweet and fruity uh, profiles. Mm -hmm. Um so, but I mean, specifically a specific strain, I really can't give you, but I do tend to lean more to the fruity sweet profiles, Yeah. but not, not exclusively. There are exceptions. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. definitely really it's fruity sweet. That's my shit, man. I, I love a fruity sweet weed. Mm -mm. Hence the lemon tree constantly talking and, about and the, the blue cheese and yeah, you know, just, mm -mm. I just like a good fruity flavor, man. Something sweet. What about you, Marge? What's being, your favorite? That being said, there's nothing wrong with a good fuel every now and then. Of course, you know, man. Okay? Yeah, a good you know, strain, a nice you know? diesel flavor, mm -hmm. that aftertaste. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. And I like skunky weed, too, actually, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. The old school shit. Yeah. Uh, that 90s skunk flavor. Mm -hmm. That musky, heavy, yes. 
No, it's easier for us to say, what cannabis flavors don't you like? You know, <laughs> that's actually a good, good point. There's only been a few that, I, that I've actually mm. found that, I, that were off putting. Yeah. What's TG saying? I mean, because TG's got all this variety all the time. What's your favorite TG? Hard to say, man. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I do find myself over the years, I gravitate like to the like, gas, not so much gas, but like if you had real chem dog, what I'm holding right here is a pretty good expression. Fuel dog is Seedsman's apparently update or updated chem dog, which I don't believe is possible, but. This smells like burnt rubber. It smells like like burning plastic. Mm. It's got a very chem. When I when I open this and put it in Cheryl's face, she's like, just like that's chemical. <laughs> it's 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 very it's hard to describe, but burnt like when you bust this up, burnt rubber, burnt tires is like elastic so band. And I I love that shit so mm. fucking much. Um, I'm a big fan of the incensey kind of like haze esque type of or some hazes. Uh, uh, like the incense haze uh, in kind of the the, the northeast in uh, the states, kind of that area. There's a lot of that incensey patchouli sandalwood type shit. Mm-hmm. That, that too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know those two. I, I suppose um, I, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a. I'll, I'll, I really do like piss too. You know, a heavy, heavy terpinolini kind of fucking cleaner, pissy fucking. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the piss. Oh, yeah, you love the cat piss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a, some God's unicorn piss that I need to run real soon, actually. Mm. So, yeah, um, I'm, I don't know. I like, you know, the stuff that's not generally popular. Like, in Canada here, the fruit, like you guys said, is very dominant. Mm. A lot of the yeah, yeah. Gas you can find, too, but fruit is, like, you know, kind of what everybody likes. And... Uh, I, I like it too, don't get me wrong, you know, the, the grapey kind of purpley flavors. I have a forbidden dream that I'm running right now that's like grandmother's tangy and this thing is shitting out just hyper tangy uh, pungency. It's it's very citric, very grapefruity, very like fresh and floral. Mm. It's beautiful, but preferably, yeah, burnt tires. That's my shit. Nice. <laughs> what you say, Bubble? What's, what's your favorite mm, kind of flavor? I'd have to say one, a filthy skunk. Love a filthy skunk. Um, then it's citrus and pine, really. Mm. If I'm honest, citrus yeah, and pine. That pine is a big Jack Herrera fan, then, man. Mm. Oh, yeah, citrus and pine. yeah, yeah. I've got some blackjack I'm going to run next run that is just, it looks like it's going to be filth. So I'll be happy with that. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I really don't like stuff that tastes like pot puree. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you know what pop puree is. Br- Brack to the future just said <laughs> that he can't stand it insensibly. And I'm the same kind of, uh, yeah. you know, too flowery, too floral. It just smells like somebody sprayed their deodorant a bit too close to the grunt end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's what I don't like. Or like a perfumey weed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when it smells like it's been left in a woman's purse and it's somehow yeah. the perfume's exploded all over the inside of a bag. And... <laughs> that's so no, specific. Can't, can't... I know. It's only because I had a bag of that not too long ago. I was right. like, this shit. <clears throat> Got me high, but it was shit. I don't, um, mind, I don't mind those if they're if they're the right ones, but I know what you're talking about. Sometimes it almost becomes sickly sweet on your throat where it's, it's bitter. Just, yeah. Yeah, it's just that thick, incense mm-hmm. floral, like, yeah. But no, skunks, citrus, and, and pine, definitely for me. You know, I don't mind something that's got a little bit of that pepper to it either, like a bit of a spice almost, just mm-hmm. not 
not that real fragrancy like it's yeah like i'm smoking lavender oil or something like no no thanks mm. but yeah that's that's my so many different flavors when it comes to cannabis man so many everyone's different i think too mm-hmm. everyone's mm-hmm. going to prefer different stuff so I guess the big question is, so how do we get the most of those flavors, huh? Mm-hmm. And there's loads of different ways, isn't there? It's not just there one is. individual That's, thing. Uh, I think everybody here is going to have a different method if I, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. What well, was always good when I was growing in the cocoa days using bat shit. This was before the, uh, the old, you know, in the before times, let's just say. It was in, in the, the before, before times <laughs> where, you, where you could get bat shit very easily. You know, haven't done that for a while, but that was uh, apparently good for flavor. The, the weed tasted good, but I don't know if it was specifically down to using bat shit, but that's always uh, been rumored to be a good one. Guano, yeah, what? as they call it, yeah. bat guano. Because you're talking, you're talking in cocoa. So are you running, were you running like salts right up and then towards the end, you're just yeah, yeah. It with guano? Mm-hmm. Just top dressing yeah. a little bit of uh, bat guano at the end. I've done so, that with it with the uh, a Fox Farms. What is it? Bloom Big, I believe, is is a uses a lot of guano in it. Right. I've used that in cocoa before, but I've never gone straight guano like you like you're talking about. Though. Right. No, yeah. well, I think I think because you're trying a little bit of that, um, like the with different bacteria and stuff like that in cocoa too, aren't you, Monkey? At the moment yeah i mean to me i mean i was when this topic came up for the show i was asking the wife because i did i started a few grows ago listening to some advice from chris trump and i just incorporate some of these microbes and knf techniques into cocoa mm. growing something that most people would probably not even think about because we always been told that this, don't worry about it the salts are going to kill all the microbes chris's take on it was it's worth a shot do it you know, he's, mm. his, his take was, he's not even going to argue anymore. He says, just all I'm going to tell you is it works. And so yeah. I have tried it. And then I've been asking, asking the missus, uh, you know, what does she think about it? She says, well, the stuff you've been, been producing the last few times tastes a lot better and is a lot stronger now. So mm. yes, I think adding microbes and getting some organics back into the cocoa is a big part of my success to get better flavors. That's a, for the last year or so, I've noticed that there's been a big rise in people talking about the bacteria is really good for flavor and specific mm. bacteria will uh, make the trichomes better as well. Well, in, in the techniques that I'm using, you know, I'm, I'm incorporating back into, into cocoa, lactobacillus, as well as JMS and compost tea. So we're getting all different types of microbes are being thrown back into the soil. And the only thing that they, they have for food in that soil is what I'm giving them, and it is the salts. And evidently, they can react effectively with the cocoa and the salts and everything like that and still mm-hmm. be a huge benefit to, to the plants. All I can say is within a day after feeding the microbes to the plant, you can see a physical reaction. The plants start praying harder and just mm-hmm. look happier. Yeah. Well, you saying, TG, because obviously you got a lot of microbes in your medium using living soil. What do you think about the whole bacteria increasing flavor? Probably. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'd like to see quantitative data, um, you know, test one that's old school versus one of these new school things. And, and uh, let's see if the terps actually do increase and, and the esters and alcohols and everything else. But um, in general, I think just keep, again, it's just like last episode, how do you get bigger, bud? keep your plant healthy mm-hmm. yeah grow good genetics too you know if you know 
if you smoke some weed, um, you know, when one of your friends grows some weed and you smoke it and it's really fucking tasty and you love it, try and get a cut from them because it's something you know that is extremely, you know, pungent in, in the ways that we just talked about, about our favorite strains a minute ago. Um, but uh, not every genetic is is equal, you know. I've grown some alleged blue cheese from a from a breeder here in Canada that was literally turpless, you know. It had nothing, hey. um, and it it wasn't my growing style because I had I was growing Skunk One, Northern Lights, Jack Herrera uh, in the same exact tent under the same exact conditions in the same pots in the same soil. So it was the plant, right? And uh, I expected a blue cheese just to be just to kill everything else in that tent and you know didn't so um find a find good genetics is mm-hmm. is really important yeah. as well as yeah. keep your plant healthy so then those genetics can be expressed in their fullest so mm-hmm. but in terms of additives and stuff i don't i don't really do much i i just try and keep the plant as comfortable as i can before i murder it basically right mm-hmm. <laughs> But, uh, that's it again it's a big important factor man is making sure the plant stays healthy throughout its life cycle it's yeah. a major factor, you know, and again, good genetics. If you get good plant, good genetics and you grow it until it's supposed to be cut down, because that's another important factor is harvesting at the right time. Don't do it too early. Don't do it too late. Picking the right time is crucial too. And, you know, and keep the plant happy mm. from start to finish and it will produce high quality cannabis, man. They're, mm. they're the most important I factors. I don't know. I, I think... Could- look into it more i just don't really have too much time so that's kind of where mm-hmm. i i stand but probably there is ways to tweak it so you can you know yeah what you saying bubble yeah sorry bubble. i was just gonna say on the on the thing with the microbes aren't being killed by the salts like i mean realistically if you're running a lower ec and mm-hmm. your cocoa is not not locked out and full of salts there's no reason why flushing some microbes through is going to kill it because it should it shouldn't be like if it's going to kill microbes and stuff like that it's going to be affecting the plants anyway if you know apparently, I mean. yeah apparently the using salts kills some of the bacteria but nowhere near all of it there's still a good yeah. good amount of bacteria in there just not as much as there would be in living soil with rotten organic matter because right. that's what the and, uh, microbes eat yeah. in it yeah and what they're finding out now is that uh some of those microbes are actually being uptaken into the plant and actually living cohabitate cohabitating inside of the plant creating and even in the trichomes in too right yes changing yeah. flavors terpenes of every all kind of different effects on the plant so getting these microbes into the into the cocoa the soil is a good thing mm-hmm. um like i said this is something that i've, I've thought about a long time and, and chris trump finally gave me the guts to jump up there and said let's try this thing yeah and i have to say man I see positive things here. I'm still tweaking it, but yeah, bubble. I mean, I keep the EC low in all of my cocoa runs. Mm. I don't think I, I haven't gone above 1.2 in a real long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, see, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's fairly low in terms of, and I mean, and that's only like for a week or two. So it's lower than that most of the time. Mm. And this and, is what, what is this on? Is this on all like you're running? just just on autos or are you running that on on everything pretty much matter of fact on the last autos i ran i think i needed to cut the ec even further down because they were getting a little larfy toward the end indicating i got Mm -hmm. a little bit too much there but the microbes seem seems that i can run a lower ec with the microbes and the plants get just as much as uh, benefit as if i was running a higher ec the microbes Mm -hmm. are helping the plants feed easier yeah 
No, it's a good. I mean, look, you know, I've used teas and stuff like that at the end, and and um, molasses teas and things like that. And I do notice a slight difference. Uh-huh. Um, but it also, I think, it comes down to I normally feed pretty high, and I have some additives that I think add to the flavor and stuff like that as well. So for me, then adding something on top could make it go the other way, sort of thing. So I think I've got to be careful with how much I'm adding on that side of it. If you know what sure. I mean? What are the additives that you're using to get your flavors up? Uh, so I'm mainly I'm just using uh, resin. So it's by Green Planet and it's essentially amino acids and things like that and some sugars and carb, but it's all fermented. So it, it comes from, it's not like a chemical mix, if you know what I mean. It's not synthetic mix, I should probably say. It's all derived from the fermentation of, of things rather of organic matter rather than yeah going fully synthetic this and that and whatever else refined i should say probably but hearing some wild animal attacking something in the background <laughs> i'm sorry yeah give me a, give me a sec that's that's <laughs> my dog going off for absolutely no reason give me a sec oh i thought it, i thought it was the morning cockatoos it sounded like a like a mountain lion or something <laughs> <laughs> you gotta remember we're talking run bubble <laughs> everything's a little more violent in australia shit yeah well bacteria seems to be an important one man and it's a very complex topic and of course if you want to know more about bacteria in soil then check out jeff longfile's book team with uh, bacteria i'll tell you loads of shit but uh, so so far we have you want to get the good the, the right strain because a weed that tastes good and what i think tastes good might not be the same as what tg would think would taste good for example find a strain you like and grow that because if you like it, you like it, you know, and then grow it happily from the start, from germination all the way up to the end. If you can keep it happy for its whole life, it will produce the terpenes it's supposed to produce. And that will give you the, the beautiful flavor. Yeah. And that uh, does take a little bit of time to get used to giving it exactly what it wants. I know, especially yeah. if you're using salts early on, I was a chronic overfeeder and you could actually taste the overfeed in the, in the final product. If you do it wrong, you know, you get yeah. too much chlorophyll and too much this crazy stuff in it though. So if, you, if you're using salts, growing it right with the right amount of food is key. And um, also just in case anybody doesn't know, the terpenes are what give your plant the smell and the flavor. There's flavonoids as well, but terpenes is what is discussed mostly when it comes and to alcohols and yeah, yeah. thiols. There's lots of shit actually. It's quite a, it's a very complex thing is the, the the way the different smells are made on the cannabis plant and everything else coming in mostly play. it's down to terpenes and we have, do have an episode on terpenes so if you want to know about that then go check out them episodes as well that'll tell you some about the terpenes that are on the plant but, uh, and then so we have the bacteria in the medium as well that's important but also which we briefly mentioned chopping the plant at the right time is important you know if you chop it too soon it's not going to it's not going to give off the same smell and flavor it would have done if it was left until it got to maturity. So uh, we should quickly cover that, you know, when it, uh, when is the good time to harvest the plant? Marge, you well, want to talk about that? A good time to harvest the plant? Yeah. Uh, when would you harvest yours? Like when you harvest the plant, hoping for the best flavor, what time would you harvest it? Well, I'm trying to decide that right now because I have a purple god bug growing. <laughs> it's pretty close to being ready, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually you can tell by the like the families are starting to turn a little bit. If you're looking at the trichomes, I mean, this is sort of controversial. Some people say, you know, wait till the, most of them are cloudy. Ask the plant. 
that's mm -hmm. Swami's thing, yeah. which is a pretty nuanced and probably better suited to a more uh, experienced grower, I guess, if you're just starting out asking the plants, probably mm -hmm. not going to give you the answers you're looking for, but, <laughs> you know, um, sometimes, sometimes you just know by looking at it and, and smelling it. it's been flowering. Yeah, that too. And I mean, it, it like, just changes, doesn't it? So yeah. I'm just going to speak to that. If you know somebody who has a lot of experience with said plant and or maybe bred it themselves, you could ask them. I know we talk That's about you know, breeder information being kind of bullshit and in generic, you know, like a big seed bank that you might find uh, in a big seed, you know, in a European thing where, you know, like, I don't want to name any names, but mm -hmm. well, you know, anyone, think of anybody, those breeders generally, you know, aren't maybe as into their own strains as somebody who's much more craft, essentially. So Marge does know the person, that's me. So you can yeah. ask me. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I should <laughs> ask you. Yeah. But, yeah, that's another option if you have it, but not that's not super common, so. Well, but, in going into that a little bit though, with the, even if you do know that the breeder, how you grow that strain may be a little bit different. Like I, if you grow it in your super soil versus me and my cocoa, mm, could very well finish at two different times. I guess I could tell you what I look for in terms of characteristics, and then you can look for those same things that give be a good way to do it. Yeah, your grow. So, mm -hmm. but that's smell is a good one though, as far as ripeness. So, you when weed starts getting closer to that trop day, the smell really starts getting. Uh, and it's really, a really thicker vivid. smell. It's like pungent. Yeah, it, it, you can't just smell it in the air. It is the fucking air. It it smells so strong, man. And that's mm -hmm. when you can tell. So maybe that's why I should know it's probably just about ready because my daughter came by today and she just came in the front door and she's like, your house always smells like weed. <laughs> and like my weed plant, I'm just growing a micro in my closet in the office upstairs. And she's in the front. And I'm like, oh shit, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's time to take <laughs> it down. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. I'm back. Sorry about that. Oh, so good. And then of course there's the checking the trichomes. Which it will differ from strain to strain, but on average, growers would usually look for around 10% amber trichomes and 90% milky trichomes. And you just let that amber means that the THC is starting to degrade and that's turning into CBN. So you usually want to catch it before it gets too far into that. But you wait for that 10% amber because that makes sure that the majority of the clear trichomes have gone. So it's, it's more like a like 90% milky and 10% amber rather than 5% amber, 5% clear, 10% milky. And it will differ, you know, different trichomes um, mature at different stages. So, and after you start growing a little bit, you'll start learning whether you like it a little bit further along or, or maybe chop it a little earlier. I know my wife likes it when I chop it with uh, no, no amber on it. She likes that more racy eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Different people are different ways. Their body reacts differently to the cannabinoids. And so after you grow a few times, you'll know what you want. Rusty Niles in the chat there said uh, you want, it wants to look like powdery sugar from a distance instead of shiny. That, that's a good way I like to look for as well, is when it looks frosty. Because yeah. that's, that means the majority of the trichomes are going milky, and that's why it's looking frosty rather than just shiny. Mm -hmm. It's a good way to tell. But you can you, there's, we have an episode on harvesting, so go and check that one out if you haven't listened to that. But pretty much you just want to use a magnifying glass of about a hundred times zoom on it, get real close, and you'll be able to see what kind of condition the trichomes are in. 
I see Definitely mine usually what I go with, uh, they go from that shiny, then they go to that frosty kind of snowy looking, and then they kind of get yeah. to the, what I call the dusty stage. And that's when I start getting the loop out. Mm, the dusty yeah. is when it kind of has a slight bit of beige-ish kind of color in it. Mm -hmm. Going like, okay, yeah. I got color coming in these buds now, time to start looking. Are you saying bubble? Mm. I was going to say, don't be afraid to take a couple off the very top. If you haven't got a nice even canopy, if you're, and you're running something, just take a couple off the top, let the others come up within a few days. Like you can always semi-harvest to make sure everything's where it's at as well mm -hmm. or where you want it to be. I do on some of the big ones because I just can't physically get through some of those big ones in a day like because I just don't have the time. Yeah, I'm only going to be able to do it a couple hours here, a couple hours there, and it stinks the fucking house out most of the time. So you just, <laughs> right, just so have to be careful. So, you know, th these are all the important factors, man. And I, of course, it will take practice and experience before you get used to you know, for the first couple of crops, you you just you're looking at the trichomes, you're you're judging it by the way the plant looks when it goes into senescence, things like that, when it starts to, to die naturally. But yeah. uh, over time, you don't need to do that anymore. You know, you will know what it smells like, what it looks like, you know, and you you'll know when a plant's ready to come down. Wouldn't even need to yeah. check the trichomes. It just takes practice. And when it's at that proper mature stage, and it's it's stinking the way that it does that's when you want to chop it down to get the best flavor. Mm. And first thing yeah, in the morning is usually a pretty good time to do it before mm -hmm. those terpenes get active and start evaporating for the day. And all but that it's, kind of stuff. it's supposed to be midnight, right? I think that's something Frenchy did as well. He would uh, harvest the middle of the, in the middle of the night. So it was dark. Yeah, middle of the night on the last sun of November or so, the last full moon of November. Is just something like that? If I can remember to do it, I usually mm -hmm. unplug the lights uh, on the day that I'm the day before I'm going to chop yeah. it, and that way they won't come on in the morning, and I'll just mm -hmm. pull it out done. And then when it's chopped down, you've got to dry it properly. This is another majorly important thing when it comes to getting the good good taste out of your weed. Is drying it properly. If you dry it too fast then it's not going to taste as good as it could have. It's going to have starches and sugars trapped in it. So it'll be a harsher smoke than you would have wanted. So you have to make sure that it gets dried properly. And it takes uh, like seven to 10 days is a good amount of time to try and dry your cannabis for. I shoot uh, for two weeks if I can get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But sometimes it's pretty hard, you know, in the heat of the summer or or the dead of the winter when it's bone dry mm -hmm. in the in the house and that kind of stuff to get that, that kind of dry. But again, that's a you know, getting the drying right is another complex topic, which we have another episode for as well. Because if we're gonna speak about all these different aspects, then the, this this episode of Grow Guides would be like three hours long. But you can go yeah. back yeah. and check out, you know, how to dry your weed properly. And you yeah, know, it's interesting because you, you want to get the temperature low enough and you need to get the humidity at the right range, not mm. too high, not too low. And get and that the, weed to the temperature slowly dry. Temperature being low is important as well, because some terpenes will evaporate at certain temperatures. Like the pineapple terpene apparently starts to evaporate when you go over 15 degrees Celsius. So if you're growing a pineapple flavored weed, and you want to try and retain that pineapple terpene, then you've got to try and keep it underneath 15 degrees when it's drying so these terpenes don't evaporate off the plant, which yeah. can be difficult to do. And different terpenes, you can go check out the, uh, the guide at Dutch Pasture as well. They've got a really good guide which helps you with the uh, terpene evaporation. But I think that's for when you're more vaping it. But still, they evaporate over time. Anytime you're smelling terpenes, that's them evaporating. So the, when it's drying... 
the, the least you can smell it, the better, because that's the terpenes being retained on the plant rather than evaporating away. So hmm. make sure you dry it properly. And what's the last stage for this for this flavor? If you're talking about drying, what's what's going to bring the flavor out the most? Curing is number one, isn't it? That's it, man. Mm -hmm. Actually get the real flavor out the weed, proper mm -hmm. cure. So what is curing? Marge, do you want to talk about what curing is, just so everybody knows what we're talking about well, here? What, after you've dried it, you jar it up, and then you sort of burp the jars. I guess the idea is a couple times a day just to take out a little bit more of that moisture content. Mm -hmm. Some people swear by curing their weed for way longer than I can ever allow it to go. I think I longer than it lasts. <laughs> right. I think, I think it was Swami that said he would go, he often cures for like six months maybe mm -hmm. or longer. And like, yeah. that's his preference to cure for six months before mm -hmm. he even touches it. Me too. He, well, I guess he has lots of weeds. So, you know, it's probably not. So Same for the for greenhouse him, but... in Amsterdam, man. Them guys, you know, uh, Arjan, yeah. Franco, RIP. Them guys would dry their weed for six months before anybody touched it. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, what I usually do is I'll, I'll I'll take like if I get five jars, I'll I'll use one early on, but those others are held back until at least four months of cure. Damn. Yeah, it just, any, it's any, so much better like that. Anywhere three to six months is about my preference. I like Although four, I, from four to nine is where I love it. I do the opposite. See, I'll put one jar aside. <laughs> and leave that sitting for 12 months and then come back and explore that 12 months later so that's well, all it, took, it it did take a few grows to get this down because you know i had to have enough inventory to hold myself off for six months so yeah. i had to build build my my uh build my inventory up enough to where i can i'm smoking good cured weed while the other stuff is still curing mm-hmm now yeah. billy bond yeah, says they don't cure in plastic and this is one i disagree with because I, I, I cure in plastic, man. I, I, I cure in plastic and I cure in glass jars. But I find the plastic does a better job because you can be guaranteed that it's airtight when that plastic lid is on. And that's the important thing about your container. It has to be airtight because that's how the chemistry does all of its work. Well, that mason jar is not going not gonna to be anything but airtight. If you get a good yeah. quality one, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. Plastic yeah, see, just works for a while for me, man. I, I well, used, didn't like, you have grove bags buckets. and everything else too? So, I mean, there's lots of different options as mm -hmm, far as mm -hmm. how to cure it and what you can cure it with, whatever works for you, I guess. But again, we have an episode on curing. So mm -hmm. if that's something you want to look up as well, go and check out the episode. It was only like 10 weeks ago, something about 10 episodes ago. Maybe, I don't know. We've done a lot. So just scroll through the episodes and we, wherever you get your podcast from and you'll find it there. It'll say specifically curing, drying, uh, flowering stage take a look at that episode as well lots of different options for you there to for us to go into more finer detail about these kind of things mm. but, i mean curing is is the major one in it and weed could we like yeah. just two weeks so you say you dried your weed and sometimes you'll dry it and you'll be like it doesn't smell very much man this is a bit shit and that can happen sometimes but if a couple of weeks curing and it, that smell really comes out, man. And mm -hmm. it, it will start to smell a lot better. Just give it time. The cure is majorly important. And what also matters is making sure you got all the, the leaf off as well, because the leaf will kick off a more of a chlorophyll kind of smell. So if you get all your leaf off when it's dried and just store buds, because I've noticed that before, you know, when you're, you know, you know you've been trimming for a while, you're a little bit less meticulous. 
with uh, the, the buds after five hours of fucking trimming. So they leaf left on sometimes. Two and a half, I'm done, man. Mm-hmm. And that's one we should quickly go into as well, which is also in the drying episode where we talk about wet trim or dry trimming. It is where you leave the leaf on and just let the plant dry, which takes a little bit longer. Or, you know, if you trim it to the fine buds and dry the buds as they are, then, you know, you just got to figure out what's right for you. The, the slower dry period is important. So if it's too warm, doing a dry trim and just leaving all of the leaf on, hang the plant upside down or each branch upside down. Doing that, that can uh, extend the drying time, which is what you want. You want it to take like 10 to 14 days is a good average. But you know, it's 7 to 10, 10 to 14 if you can. But that will just depend on temperature. If you don't want it to go moldy, you know. Now, there's one thing that we hear frequently over at Percy's. We hear people come in and say, what's wrong? My weed tastes like hay. Mm-hmm. What happened? They dry too quick. That's it. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple, man. No, they just... This is why we say seven to 10 days a minimum. If it's dry after three or four days, then you've just taken all of them months of work that you've put into your crop and just fucked it all away. Because that last week there, where you're drying it, that's, that's the most important stage if you want to get the, the good flavor out of your buds. It's easy to do that, though, because, you know, as, as a new grower, you're so mm-hmm. anxious to get into it. For sure, man. That you just want it dry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. We don't judge anybody. If that's happened, it's happened to me. I've done it before. This is why we know sure. these things because we fucked up and done it ourselves. And be like, shit, can't fucking dry it in four days next time. No, we didn't learn. Yes. We, did, we weren't experts when we first started doing mm-hmm. this stuff. No. Mm-hmm. We still aren't experts. We learn every day. We just hope you guys learn from our mistakes so you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they can teach us a few things. Indeed. What are you saying, Bubble? No, I was just going to say the same thing. You know, I wet trim, so... Sometimes you, there's just nothing you can do. If you fight an environment, it just gets to the point where four or five days, something dries and you're like, well, that was shit. But then other times you can set it and run it longer. So it all depends where you are too mm-hmm, and choosing mm-hmm. your time. Like not so much choosing your time, but choosing it as a run. Like, you know, time you run so that you're going to be in a bit cooler weather that's more manageable sort of thing. But then that, again that goes into that whole curing thing that we have a full episode on. Yeah. So. Well, and, and if you do dry too quickly, it's some, most of the time it's not completely lost. You can usually get some moisture back into your buds in the jar by doing things like adding some fresh leaves back in mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and getting your humidity yeah. back up to around 60. And sometimes I would say a majority of the time you can actually get some flavor back in those buds that dried too quick, just by letting mm-hmm. them get back some moisture in taking some time to let the chemistry do its thing. Hmm. As long as they're not like crumbling crisp when you that's put them, it. you know, even that's, that's hard to bring back. It, it's worth a shot though. And I have, you know, yeah. I'll try anything to go ahead and salvage, but if it's, if it's, if it's all I got. Yeah. Oh, if it's all you got, yeah. You'd do anything. <laughs> yeah. Stand but, on I mean, one foot at the back. <laughs> really? Like three in the morning care. catching the Jew, you know, <laughs> <laughs> anything you got to do. <laughs> I mean, that's about everything. I mean, it, it's such a complex topic. The basic things are right there for you now. You, you know, just making sure that you cut it down. Start at the beginning, pick your good genetics, grow the plant happily, make sure it grows happily through its whole life cycle, chop it down at the right time. Don't dry it too quickly. Cure it for at least two weeks before you, you, you smoke any. But, you know, you can smoke some. Don't, don't, don't be too strict. You know, just most of it you should cure for two weeks. You can still get a little bit. 
the smoke some. Don't worry, it's dry. Once it's dry, smash it, enjoy it. But do try and cure some at the same time as well, because the cure yeah. is major. That will really bring out the flavor over time. Yeah, if you got to dry, uh, dry it fast to get that sample out, don't do it all fast. Do a small piece and, and you give the bulk of your harvest a chance to cure if you can. But like we, like we said, we'll say it over and over and over again. We'll say it again. It's your weed. Do whatever you want with mm -hmm. it. For sure, man. See, I, you know, I look at it as realistically, it's two parts of the grow, the grow, the cure. As long as you, you know, I'd say it's almost as important as the grow itself is the cure to get what you're after. If you're going for flavor, like really big flavors, the cure matters a mm -hmm. lot. Mm -hmm. But for new growers, it's the yield. It's not so much the flavor. They're after the yeah. yield. And, but once you get two or three grows behind you, behind you and you realize that, okay, that I can do more here, you probably will start chasing flavor pretty quickly. Reefer Belief asked there as well, uh, you know, why does curing seem so magical? It seems as if smell appears as if from nowhere. It's because that chlorophyll is, is broken down. For a while, yeah. you're smelling chlorophyll, and that isn't, hasn't got too much mm -hmm. of a pleasant smell. And, you know, you'll be smelling your weed as well. But it'll be, uh, it'll be overpowered by the chlorophyll. So when the chlorophyll is broken down as the plant dries, then it just gets better and better as there's less and less chlorophyll in it. So it's important, man. Curing is very important. Don't ever underestimate it. But we have a whole episode on that, so go and check that shit out. Yeah. It explains a lot. But what else do we have to... I've got, this is something I wanted to add. If it gets to the end and it is fucked and it does taste like shit, there's still things you can do with it. For example... Visit Marge's podcast, <laughs> bite me the show about edibles, and she'll show you how to put it in things with sugar in and chocolate and, and you know, all those and nice savory things. Savory stuff, too. And savory stuff. stuff. That's right. That's and turn right. it into something totally delicious. Mm -mm. That's right. And, Cannabis and, lasagna. And get you stoned as crazy, too. And yeah, medicated hollandaise thing. Damn you. right, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this is well, a hobby pizza. thing, man. It takes time and practice to get it right. So then there's plenty you can do. Pizza with infused olive oil. Ooh. That would be nice. Yeah. So many good things you can do with it. Mm -mm. Yeah. So there you go. That's everything you need to know about flavor in these beginner stages. Of course, we can get more complex and go into more detail about it, but it's best to keep it simple. If you have any questions or anything you think that we can help you out with, then you know where to find us over at postiesgrowroom.com. Ask a question over there. We're always happy to help. Mm -hmm. uh, what are we saying? Is there anything else to add here? Just looking through chat. I think uh, we're all good there, right? That, that's about it. Anything to add there, TG? Yeah. No, you yeah. know, covers it probably. Covers it enough. I, I just, yeah, <laughs> do everything right and you'll have good weed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Pretty much. It becomes right, a habit after a while. Once you learn it, it's just it's easy. Takes practice, practice, practice. Takes practice, practice, though. But once you yeah. get there, it becomes second nature. Mm -hmm. And then it's all normal, man. And then you just got like loads of your own high, high quality. And it's very important to to stress that as well. Your homegrown is going to be better than any of the shit you're going to go out there and buy. Didn't oh, used to believe easy. that. And once upon a time, didn't believe that. But then we would come back from from vacation, would go and eat smoking dispensary weed, and then would open ours up and go like, "Damn, this is better than we were buying." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Imagine. much better the last time i went to amsterdam or maybe the time previous to that it was like i got there and at home i had 
like ounces and ounces of Jack Herrera. And it was quality fucking seedsman Jack Herrera. It was the time I grew it that made me fall in love with that strain. And I was in Amsterdam like, I just want to go home and crack open my jar of Jack, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not any Jack. <laughs> it's just shit. I know and, what yeah. you mean, man. And it's before like going to Colorado and bringing your own homegrown with you, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. why am I going to do that? It changes, man. Your whole your whole perspective on cannabis changes when you grow your own and you finally do get a good crop. You know, when, when you're like, this is far superior to anything I've smoked out on the streets. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, there's there's a whole other side to that too. Is you're not getting the nice tops when you go and buy mm-hmm. it off the street. You know what I mean? <laughs> you probably you're haven't even seen a top bud until you grow it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on the, the street. But home mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's cheaper. Usually, usually. Yeah, it's a major factor as well. So but, you know what we like to say? Do it, man. But we don't want to encourage anybody at the same time. Wink face. Wink face emoji. Oh, I'll say it. I'll encourage the fuck out of it. Off you it's go. Right. You <laughs> after it. <laughs> Overgrow, man. Do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever met anybody who started growing cannabis and regretted it. Yeah, you know, just follow well, the three rules. That's the important part of it. You, if you don't follow the three rules, you might regret it. That's mm. it. The ones that don't follow the three rules probably do regret it. But well, I don't know. know. That guy reported in the fucking news. He won't follow in the rules, and he's doing just fine. Well, so far, you know, he's got. Yeah. They got to mm-hmm. figure out. He's got to write an answer to the judge of why he should be let off or something, huh? I think they're probably more interested in where he got the twenty-six kilos than the mm. fact he had it. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, I think that's everything for the Grow Guides this week. We, we also have a few listener mail questions, but just a couple that we should get to. Uh, let me scroll down here. We have one from Filmy Bowls, who is now banned from, <laughs> from chat. <laughs> You're not really, bro. I'm just taking a piss. You're not really banned. Is but carry on, mate. It's carry on. Cool. It's coming. The hammer's swinging. I'm warming it up. It needs charging. He's a modern hammer. Oh, you used an so, electronic hammer, huh? Yeah, you're getting the electric yeah. one out, especially for you, Phil. <laughs> so he said, I've heard that certain music, like Christmas music, can be beneficial to your plant growth. Just fucking with you, Mackie. Sorry, brother. That's what he said. It's too late. It's too late to apologize. It's I'm too just late. Say it's right now that I don't I don't think there was a question in there. Really? Also, I don't think he has any reason to apologize, filling bowls. <laughs> I appreciate the comment. <laughs> so, there you go. I, it's worth the experiment. I think everybody should be putting on some Christmas music right now. To if see you want to put some Christmas more. music on and uh, for your plants or for yourself, man, you go do that. That's right. As long as I nights, can't hear it, I don't care. A little, uh, yeah. little, little drummer boy, you know? Uh, a little yeah. bit of <laughs> rocking around the Christmas tree. Okay, now, you, now you're going though. too far. That's, like That's what too. we have to fucking listen to all the time, Marge. This is what <laughs> And I hate them songs that have got like absolutely nothing to do with Christmas, but at some point yeah. throughout the song, they'll ring the sleigh bells in the background. And it's like, oh, now it's a Christmas song, everybody. Like, right. Fuck off. <laughs> it's all about the vibe, Mackie, the vibe. It is about the vibe. I've done the vibe nearly for four fucking decades, mate. I'm done with the vibe. I've had enough. 
God fucking see, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do a mix of like some dubstep Christmas and yeah, some yeah. metal Christmas. Actually, so metal covers, a, dubstep covers. Christmas. I a, like that. A I few years that ago, a friend of mine introduced me to uh, hip hop Christmas. Oh, it's that's just pretty like, great. Yeah, I yes. love it. That's my yeah. shit, man. I'll listen to yeah. that, but I'm not going yeah. in fucking Tesco, <laughs> and then no. I'm going to be playing, <laughs> you know, hip hop Christmas music over the fucking. Over the speakers, that would be cool. I wouldn't mind that. Shit, but yes, I can't. They can't do that. And you have people crumping in the middle of the lines in Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> no, twerking up and shit, knocking the chewing gums yeah. off the shelves. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> shit. Anyway, yes. Thanks for the question, there, Phil. We have one from I'm Sparky, which for some reason is also about Christmas. And this is one which we've covered a few times as well, I think. This is now that we are looking to, to the start of the holiday season, which well, two weeks left, mate. Two weeks until we start talking about it. Two weeks. Give these people air. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Anyway, that's not what he asked. He says, uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Oh, we already yep. went through this. No, yeah. it, was, it was released in the middle of the summer. Yeah, yeah, it's Christmas it's middle of the summer in <laughs> Australia. Uh, no, it was released in was July, I believe it was released. Yes, perfect. Christmas but, in July, man. No, but the reason why they did that is because it's a Christmas movie and it will be six months in theatre and then it will go on to VHS, which people will buy for their families for Christmas. Like so when it's Christmas it's time, they're, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm saying. He's it's, just yeah. he's just feeding you a line here, guys. That's all it is. It has to be a Christmas movie because no, it's no, got no. snow it's in it. July, it's got Christmas parents, uh, Christmas presents in it, and and it's a Christmas party at work when this shit kicks off, man. Mm. It has to be a Christmas movie. Just because there's a Christmas it's, party it's a Christmas in it, there movie. has to be a Christmas movie. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Man. No, 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 not true. Definitely not true. Savon Unless... said, uh, "You still have VHS in the UK." We've had to go back to it, Savons, because we're back to the seventies now, mate. Here in the UK, maybe early eighties. Yeah. They're trying to find something that they can use to play the movies on. That's hand cranked. They don't have to. to That's pay right. The electricity That's right, right man. We can't afford plastic discs anymore. No, they can try and get the kids out there to crank crank the handle while they watch the movie like they used to have to yeah. do. That's it. Lethal Weapon 1 is a Christmas movie then. Yep. Maybe so, bro. I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. When, when the lady, like, can you say stuff like that on YouTube nowadays? Probably not. But, you know, that first scene, was that Lethal Weapon 3? No, it's definitely Lethal Weapon 1. You know, when she uh, hits the ground very hard, No, but the car, <laughs> smashes out for the car. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? People, maybe that was three or one. Can't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen Lethal Weapon, but yeah, fuck it. It's a Christmas movie. Who cares, man? You know what I'm saying? I think it might have been two that you're talking about. I don't I'm know. Not sure. <laughs> Back to the Future said, I'm getting too old for this shit. It's like, bro, this is, you don't visit the streams very often. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the one. That's the one, Rusty. It was number one. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, good TV though. <laughs> but what does make a Christmas movie? That that should be uh, your homework this week, everybody, to go oh, out geez. and that decide. Would be, we have to have a definitive list, a, a checklist to find out whether or not mm -hmm. it's a Christmas or not. Like like a top ten of what it needs to be to be a Christmas movie, and it needs at least six on those lists. 
for it to be a Christmas movie. Oh. And uh, I go. think if we so did number that, one released in December. Yeah, but that's one. One you've got monkey, and then the the other nine are as. What what I mean, does it have snow in? Yes. (laughs) Does it have a Christmas tree in? Yes. No, there was no snow in Die Hard. It took place in L.A. Oh yeah, shit. L.A. Shit, I'm thinking of Die Hard too when they're on the. I got two of them. Shit. Shit, I'm just gonna (laughs) shut up. (laughs) You're giving me everything here, man. I got release date and no snow. Be the fifth. They have the right to remain silent. There you go. I'll never give up on that. Just like I'll never give up finding that bat weed. It's out there somewhere. <laughs> so let us know in the comments below, everybody. What do you think? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And if not, why? And if so, why? Let us know in the comments. And there we go, everybody. That was this week's Grow Guides. If you have any questions about ways to make your cannabis tastier, then of course you can head over to percysgrowroom.com, drop a post in the forum, and we're always happy to help you guys out. Of course, it would be great to see you over on YouTube on Sunday for the live show so you can be involved in the prize draw where you can win a $50 voucher or a $75 voucher over at phenoseeds.com. So make sure you're over there for the live show to check that shit out if you want to try and win some prizes. Uh, again, we have the Patreon session tonight, which starts 9 o'clock GMT, usual showtime. So if you are free and you are a Patreon, then make sure you're there to come and chat some shit with us. We just get high and talk about whatever. So make sure you're there if you can. But that's it for now. That was the Grow Guides. We'll catch you on Monday for the Cannabis News and, of course, Wednesday for the interview, Friday for the Grow Guides. Same schedule next week. Have a good weekend, everybody. Stay safe, stay high, and we'll see you on Sunday or Monday, whichever. Or tonight at the Patreon session. Whichever. Anytime it will be good to see you. So thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.